Well, today is Pentecost Sunday on the church calendar. It is Pentecost Sunday. And from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 and beyond, we discover suddenly, we discover suddenly what the Holy Spirit can do in your life and in mine. And that is our theme today, suddenly, what the Holy Spirit can do in you and me. Many look upon Pentecost as the birth of the Christian church when the Spirit of God was poured out in a mighty way. Let's read about this outpouring of God's Spirit in Acts chapter 2. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. Here, here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. They're just drunk. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this powerful portion of your Holy Bible. Lord, open up our minds and hearts to the truth that you have contained in these verses and beyond Touch our hearts, O Lord, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to share a little bit of teaching with you as we begin here so that you get a better foundation and understanding about Pentecost. What was, what was Pentecost in that first century? Well, originally, Pentecost was a one-day Jewish celebration in which the Jews celebrated the completion of the harvest. At some point in history, Pentecost also became a time to remember and to celebrate the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, which had happened, which happened hundreds of years earlier. We could say, we could say that Pentecost had an agricultural significance because they were celebrating the harvest. 
And we could say that it also had a, an historical significance as they reflected upon how years ago God gave to Moses the laws that God wanted the people to abide by. And by the way, the Jews, the Jews, I looked this up, and the Jews still celebrate Pentecost this time, or nowadays, more with a, a focus on, on the time when God gave to Moses the law on Mount Sinai. And now they focus on how, hey, we need to abide and live by those laws. The word Pentecost is from the Greek word Pentecostas, Pentecostas, which actually means 50. All right, that's what Pentecostus means, 50. And another name for Pentecost was the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Weeks. It was so called because it fell on the 50th day, a week of weeks, after, after another Jewish celebration called the Passover. And Passover was when the Jews celebrated their freedom from Egyptian bondage and the start of their national life. Acts 2, verses 5 through 13, tells us there, there were a lot of visitors. There were many visitors in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. We're told, as we read, that there were Parthians and Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, and other places. And by the way, by the way, the, the term Asia refers to the Roman province of that name at that time and, and not to the uh, continent of Asia as we know it today. Why were there, why were there so many people from different uh, areas and different nations visiting Jerusalem on that occasion? It was because Pentecost was one of the great Jewish festivals to which every male Jew living within 20 miles of Jerusalem was legally bound to attend. They were supposed to be there according to their uh, Jewish expectations and laws. Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles were two other celebrations which male Jews within 20 miles of Jerusalem were also legally supposed to go to. Probably, most likely, there, there was never a more international crowd in Jerusalem than at the time of Pentecost. Pentecost was also a holiday for all Jewish workers, and so more and more people had a chance to go to Jerusalem for the great party, the celebration. Before the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 1 tells us that after Jesus had been crucified and rose from the dead, Acts 1 verse 3 tells us, Jesus appeared to his disciples and to other believers over a period of 40 days. In Acts 1, Acts 1 verses 4 and 5, we read, Once when he was eating with them, once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Essentially, Jesus was telling them that soon, soon and very soon, they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. They needed, they needed to wait and pray. 
then look at what, what Acts chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 declare. Acts 1, 8, 8 and 9, we find these words. But you will receive, Jesus is speaking, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, some other events, some other events happen. And then when we come to Acts chapter 2, which we read earlier, verse 1 says, verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were met together in one place. When verse 1 says, they were all together in one place, the they probably refers to about 120, about 120 believers, 120 disciples, and other believers who were gathered in a large room somewhere in Jerusalem. We know this from Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Most likely they were together praying, seeking God, and, um, and Acts 2, verse 2, then says, Acts 2, 2 says, suddenly, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So, so, what do we discover? What do we learn from what happened on the day of Pentecost that is especially relevant to your life and your life and your life, your life and to your life up in the balcony and to our radio listeners? What do we discover that is especially pertinent to you and me? Well, we discover, we discover that suddenly, we discover suddenly what the Holy Spirit can do in you and in me. So here's our first main truth today. Our first main truth is this. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit can give you and me power. He can give you and me power. Suddenly, says verse 2. Why don't you say it with me? Say it with me. Suddenly. Suddenly. Say it again. Suddenly. This truth comes from the fact that, that verse 2, verse 2 uh, says, indeed, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now stick with me. Wind. Wind is one of the biblical symbols of the Holy Spirit, the life-giving breath of God. The life-giving breath of God. In Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, the wind represents the supernatural, heaven-sent power. That's what the wind represents. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus had said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Dr. Earhart beautifully writes in one of his commentaries, he says, the Holy Spirit was bringing to their human weakness in fulfillment of Jesus' promise 
the gracious ability and the divine energizing which would make them adequate to be what they ought to be and to do what they were called to you to do. My friends, I want to say to us, I want to say to you, the good news is, the good news is the Holy Spirit is able to give you and me the ability and the divine energy to enable you and me to be what we ought to be and to do what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, what is the Holy Spirit's power able to accomplish through us? What is the Holy Spirit's power able to accomplish through us? We're only going to touch on, on some of these responses. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit's power helps us, for those of you making notes, it's A, helps us to be Jesus' witnesses. That's what Acts 1.8 tells us. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You and I need, we need the Spirit's power to help tell others that Jesus loves them. And because, because of his love, Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for their sins and your sins and my sins. And I say to us, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give us your power so that we are witnesses for you, dear Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, give us your power. Empower us, Lord, to be the witnesses you want us to be, to become today and tomorrow, and in the tomorrows to come. Amen? The Holy Spirit also helps us to be courageous, to be courageous about our faith in Christ. That's point B. To be courageous. There was a time when Jesus was arrested and Peter denied, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times before the rooster crowed that night. And now, however, now Peter, who had been a, a coward, Peter, who had been a coward indeed, was filled with courage. And when some people made fun of the disciples, listen, listen to what Peter said in Acts 2, beginning at verse 14. Listen to, to what Peter said. Peter said, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. This is when, after they made fun, you know, they said, oh, these guys, these guys are just drunk, verse 13. They're just drunk, that's all. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other disciples and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming, Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so we see Peter, who had been a coward, courageously stepping forth and saying, listen, listen. They're not drunk. We're not drunk. 
No, no, we're on fire. We're on fire for our Lord Jesus Christ is what he was saying, what he was saying indeed. Amen, amen. I want you to look further down in Acts 2, verse 22 as well. When we get to verse 22, Peter says, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Praise ye the Lord. Amen? Amen? We see Peter being courageous, courageous about his faith. The Holy Spirit gives us courage. Courage to speak about our faith. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Let it be so. I like what Acts 4, verse 31 says. It says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They preached with boldness. May the Holy Spirit empower you and me, us, to do the same. May the Holy Spirit give to us a boldness that speaks with love and kindness and goodness. Amen and amen. The Holy Spirit's power further enables us, point C, to perform miraculous signs and wonders. We read of this in Acts 2, verse 43, where it says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. The only reason they were able to, to perform miraculous signs and wonders was because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Now some of you might be thinking, you know, what all does this mean for you and for me, Pastor Nick? No one really knows all the details, my friends, but I, I want us, I want you and me, I want all of us to know, I believe that God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to do miracles as you and I pray for one another, as we pray for different people, as we pray for dear ones on our prayer list, as we pray for those that are hurting, those that need to be lifted up by the presence and the power of the Lord. You and I can have faith, faith for God to perform miraculous signs and wonders, not because of who you are or who I am, but because of who God is and what he is able to do through the power of his Holy Spirit. Are you with me now? Amen? Amen. So when you pray, even about a situation that seems impossible, remember that with God, all things are possible. He is able to perform miraculous signs and wonders. Truly, we don't understand many of the things that happen in our world. We don't have easy, easy explanations. But nevertheless, you and I can continue to pray and seek his face and say, Lord, I need and we need and this person and that family needs your miraculous sign and wonders to perform. Hallelujah, hallelujah, let it be so, let it be so. Praise God. Let me also say the Holy Spirit's power enables us, point D, point D, to be generous, unselfish, and not self-centered. Oh yes, I love this. To be generous, 
unselfish and not self-centered. Acts 2, verse 44 and 5 is where, where we discover this. Look at Acts 2, beginning in verse 44. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple. Amen. And look at, look at Acts 4. Acts 4, a few pages over, 34. Acts 4, 34 says, There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in, in need. They shared. What do we see? We see that they were generous. As the Spirit of God came upon them, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they became generous, unselfish, and not self-centered. Wow. This truth applies to, to, to all of us in so many ways, doesn't it? Doesn't it? In this day and age, in our society, there is a tendency for selfishness. There's a tendency for self-centeredness. There's a tendency for me, me, me. But the good news is, the good news is, the Holy Spirit of God wants to do in us and through us and create in us this spirit of generosity, unselfishness, and, 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 and move away from self-centeredness to experience victory over self-centeredness. Amen? Amen. Lord, let it happen. Let it happen in each of us. Let it, hap let it happen in those of us who, who are younger and those of us who are older, though, those of us who, who have been on the Christian way a short time, those who have been on the Christian way a long time. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen to our radio listeners to be generous, unselfish. The Holy Spirit's power also enables us, point E, to be more united to be more united. We see this in Acts 4, verse 32, where it says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. They were united in heart and mind. You know, when you read Acts chapter 2, 3, and 4, you begin to see that, that the, the, the people there were in many ways like our own congregation. There were people from many nations. They were a united nation's. You, you read, and we read earlier of how they were from all these many different places. The list is quite a lengthy one. But the beautiful thing is, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they all, they all liked Kentucky Fried Chicken. It doesn't necessarily mean that they all liked Souse. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that they were all um, meat eaters or vegetarians. It doesn't mean that they voted, they voted liberals or voted conservatives or they voted NDP, whatever political parties they had in their day. It doesn't mean all, all that stuff, but it does mean that they were united in heart and mind. You know, you can have different preferences. You can have different, 
different um, preferences indeed, but you can still be one in the bond of love. This, um, this Tuesday, you know, we have a wonderful ladies' Bible study here every Tuesday morning at 9.30. And, uh, and uh, when possible, I like to either come up to just say hello to the ladies before they begin Bible study, or I like to come up and just say hi when they're finishing. And, and this, this uh, Tuesday, when, when I came up, it was just beautiful to see as they finished, they just gathered together and held hands. And uh, ladies, what, what, what did you sing? You were singing what? Bind us together, O Lord. Bind us together, bind us together, bind us together. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do and is able to do. Amen? Unite us in heart and mind. Think about it. In your own life, are you one who promotes harmony? Do you promote harmony in your home? Harmony at work? Harmony at school? Do you promote harmony at, at church? Do you promote harmony in your own neighborhood where you live? I believe that God's people, God's people who are being impacted by the Holy Spirit promote harmony, not disharmony. Are you with me now? Amen? If you're not one that just naturally promotes harmony, then you need to get on your knees. You need to get on your knees and say, Lord, Lord, I need, I need your fullness to work in my heart and life and to bring about the harmony that you are able to create for your honor and your glory. Amen? The Holy Spirit's power also enables us to persevere during tough times. During tough times. In Acts 4, we read of how Peter and John were put in jail. They were put in jail for preaching, for telling people that they could receive forgiveness of sins through faith and trust in Jesus. They were put in prison because they were telling people that Jesus, who was crucified on the Friday, rose triumphant over the grave on the Sunday. They were thrown in jail. Peter and John, however, persevered. They persevered, and verse 21 says, after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. May you and I, may you and I experience a personal Pentecost so that we have the Holy Spirit's power. We have the Holy Spirit's power. For what purposes? To be Jesus' witnesses. To be courageous about our faith in Jesus Christ. To perform miraculous signs 
and wonders. To be generous and selfish and not self-centered. To be more united. To persevere during tough times. And to empower us to be all that we ought to be and to do what he has called us to do. Amen? Suddenly, suddenly what the Holy Spirit can do in you and me. May he do what we've spoken of in this message and more. Are you, are you allowing his spirit, are you allowing his spirit to fill your heart, your life, and enjoying all that the Spirit of God is able to bring about in your life and through your life for his honor and glory. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we read of suddenly, suddenly what you accomplished. You empowered these early believers. You gave them power and you're able to give us power, power to do what we have spoken of, to be your witnesses, to be courageous, perform miraculous signs and wonders, to be generous and selfish and not self-centered, to be united, to persevere during tough times. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen in each of our lives. We want to say to you, I surrender all. I surrender all so that you can have all of us, all of me, all of me. We surrender, Lord. Come, 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 Holy Spirit. By your power, in your power, and do in us what you desire to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.